We talked recently about fighting the good fight of faith. We were challenging, encouraging our dads last, uh, last Sunday to fight the good fight. Uh, I was listening to Kevin Gerald, who's one of the guys I listen to periodically, and just encouraged again uh, when I was listening to him about the same thing, just that there's a fight of faith that, that's going on. I was talking with some people this week, and they said, seems like, seems like everything in life is like a fight. It's like if, if, I, if I stop fighting, if I give up fighting, it seems like I lose out on, uh, on what's happening. It seems like I, I just don't, I'm not able to move forward. I thought, you know, it's kind of true because we look back at Nehemiah. We studied his life a little while back. And it's like every step of progress. Uh, uh, for God or for life gets met with opposition. Things come against you, neg- negative people come against you, negative attitudes can come against you. Stuff kind of gets in your way and uh, it's, it's always that way. As a church, as we grow as a church, there's always stuff that comes against and it's nothing new. Paul told it to Timothy way back in 1 Timothy uh, uh, chapter 6. He says, hey, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. Make sure you, you keep fighting and I, I want to encourage us, too, that you know, we got to fight for our marriages. We really do. Uh, the, the enemy's fighting for them. So uh, we need to fight for them. Uh, fighting for our families. Fighting for our, our children to grow up and serve the Lord when there's all kinds of distraction going on around them. That we fight for that. Fight for quality time. Because it seems like that can just be eaten up just so quickly and so easily. It doesn't take anything. You just do stuff, and all of a sudden, that time is gone fighting for quality time with, uh, with each other, with family, with your spouse, with, with him. Fighting for it sometimes. My question for you this morning is, are you ready for a fight? Are, are, are you ready for a fight? I know, you're like, what? What, what, what are we talking about this morning? You know, I, thought, I thought we were nonviolent here, you know? Uh, but, but I want to ask you, a lot of times we think that way. That, that, her story, I just reminded of it again, uh, uh, the story of Benea. Benaiah is a guy who only got a few verses in the Bible. But man, this guy's life, written out in these few verses, is just pretty incredible. It's in 2 Samuel. The story of Benaiah, how many of you have heard of Benaiah? Couple? There's a couple. Benaiah is like, once you've heard of him now, you'll be like, oh yeah, that Benaiah. I know, I was telling Beth last night, it's like, man, I love this name, you know. Benaiah, can we have it for our next child? And she's like, well, a girl or a boy? I was like, either. You know, this, this, and you're like, well, listen to this guy though. There was Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada. I'll just tell you the story. He's a valiant warrior. And uh, Benaiah goes, uh, is one of David's mighty men. And he goes and he chases down a lion on a snowy day. And the lion retreats into a pit. And Benaiah jumps down in the pit with this lion and he kills it. And I'm like, man, uh, who does those kind of things? Seriously, who goes after a, after a lion? Not only, not only, you might chase a lion away if you're really brave. But have you ever seen one? I, I went to zoos, and I saw one of these lions, and I heard it way before I saw it. I mean, the sound of that thing alone was enough to, like, make me go to the outhouse on my way. So I'm like, this, it, this thing's huge. And you get there, and you look at it, and those massive paws, and those massive teeth, and you're like, man, this thing is, this thing, they're huge. Strength just rippling out of its, uh, out of its skin, all the muscles. You're like, oh, man, I'm glad there's a big, like, shock fence here and big cage, you know, because you can watch. And then it roars at you, and you're still scared. Even though you know it, you know, you're not really in danger, they just have this presence about them that creates incredible uh, fear, I guess, or whatever, uh, timidity in, some, in people or animals around it. Well, Benaiah sees one of these lions. And, and anybody seen the movie Ghost in the Darkness? You know where those, those man-eaters, 
You know, maybe that was this case. Maybe this was one of those man-eating lions that, you know, there's a reason why he's chasing it down because you just don't go out for fun and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go chase a lion today and uh, run down into a pit and kill it. That's not, that's not what most people decide to do for fun. So this, uh, this lion, he, he goes in there, and, and Benaiah has to have a certain thought in his mind. He's got to think, man, I can take him. So if it's like, if it's me, I'm like looking at that, I'm like, I, I can't take him. I'm not going there. Maybe Trav, I mean, he's bigger than me, right? He's like, yeah, I can take him. Uh, I'm, going in, I'm going in that pit. But, but most of us, we're not going into a pit after a line. We're not going to go put ourselves in that spot and, and, and you would run the other way. But Benet is not that dude. He goes in there and he fights with this lion and he kills the lion and he comes back out and he's celebrated for it. And it says that he's done some other incredible things as well. But Benaiah becomes uh, one of the commanders-in-chief for David's whole army because he has this sense of, this sense of courage, a sense of bravery, the sense of going up against what everyone else would fear and say, I'm going to beat that thing. And my question for you is, uh, are, are you ready for that kind of fight? When that kind of fight faces you, are you, are you ready? You're like, well, I don't plan on being around any lions on snowy days. Work with me here. It's uh, illustration. So there's going to be a fight in, in, in our lives that it, it'll be there. Uh, you know, a boxer or, you know, UFC fighter, they, uh, they spend a lot more time preparing for the fight than they actually spend in the ring. The preparation matters. You don't want to join UFC and get in the ring and then all of a sudden be like, okay, now what do I do? You know, because you're going to get pwned like a noob. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that means, it's you're going to get beaten down like a rookie because uh, preparation is so important that you have that have that done. And it's not just physical preparation. It's not like just, hey, I'm going doing my reps. You know, I'm working out and make sure I've, I've got it. It's that mental preparation. It's that, that having that thought process of playing the fight out in your mind, playing out your opponent in your mind before you even, even get there. I watched the new Sherlock Holmes movie. Anybody, anybody watch Sherlock Holmes? Oh, good. Don't watch it. Um, I, I would hate to see what... But sure, it's Sherlock Holmes... He's, uh, there's these, these fight sequences or scenes, and they always, well, I'll ruin the movie for those who haven't seen it, but they always play it in, uh, he, they play it in his head first. So he sees exactly what he's going to do. He's like, all right, see, there goes the cloth. Distract him. Then when, he, when he's distracted, hit him with the first punch. And then he's going to counteract with one around the, the left, so block it, with the, block it with the right elbow. And then haymaker coming from the other side, hit him there, hit him in the solar plexus, whatever, break his jaw, the whole bit. So he thinks it all out in his mind. You see it all happen, and then sure enough, he throws the handkerchief and the sequence starts and it goes exactly as he thought it out in his, in his mind and he, and he wins the fight. And he say, you know what? There's that. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. You should go watch it. So, maybe right now. Uh, <laughs> so, so there's, so there's this, this uh, thought process that they're working through. And you know what? We can talk about it. We can talk about it at church. We can talk about Benea. We can talk about all those things. But the, the, the thing is, talking about it doesn't actually do much. It's what's... It, it's are we mentally preparing for, for battle that's happening and will happen in our lives. See, a lot of people are in a fight of their, of their lives and don't even realize it. They don't realize what the fight actually is. They don't realize that, you know, their marriage is deteriorating on them and, and they don't even know it. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't reach out for any kind of help until it's way too late, until the, their whole world falls apart. The you know, story of Samson, it's, it's such a sad story when Samson's hair gets cut and, and it says that he didn't even realize that God had left him. His whole life collapsed before he realized that, wait a second, God's not been a priority in my life and it's all destroyed. He didn't even realize it. And we have the same things happening. You, you, people come to a place where, where uh, their marriages are right on the rocks and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, can you help? 
Well, where were you three years ago when there was like laugh your way to a better marriage and there's things like that that are, that are out there to help encourage your marriage? You know, wh- where, where were you then? Were you preparing for the fight that you were in or didn't you realize you were in one? People so often have uh, struggles with addiction and they'll, they'll go on with the addiction until, until it destroys them. Uh, you know, going to AA meetings and, and hearing about how people have to hit rock bottom and that there's a different rock bottom for everyone. But how come? Probably because they don't realize what kind of fight that they're in until it's so far down the road. My, my question for you is you realize that you're, in a, that you're in a fight because life is. There's always something that, that we're fighting for and if we're not fighting, we're losing. If, if we're not consciously aware of it, we're already losing it. See, we celebrate, we celebrate the beginnings of stuff all the time. Like we celebrate, you know, being born again, uh, starting a new life with Jesus. We celebrate it through baptism. Uh, we have whole days. We have whole parties for that. You know, we're like, hey, everybody come out, bring your friends, because these people are starting out in a walk with Jesus. Today, I want to just share with you uh, about uh, kind of a message of growing up a little bit in that. Not staying at step one. Not staying at the spot of, hey, I- I'm born again. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. But realizing that the life of it is there's, there's, there's some big things to that. There's, there's some battle stuff involved in that. And a lot of times we don't realize it. And because we don't realize it, the enemy's having a heyday in so many lives. And I hate to see it. Hate to see it. Ephesians chapter um, 6. If you can turn with me there. I'm going to read it in uh, the big guy today. Ephesians chapter 6 says this in verse 10, finally my brethren my brothers, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He's saying finally, hey I'm leaving you with one final thought if you're going to go out of this place thinking of something, think, think on this he says this is, this is what it is for my brothers I want to encourage you, he says be strong in the Lord and the power of his might he doesn't say hey God's going to be strong for you, you know God's going to be strong in you, he says no you be strong in him so he's already saying that this is kind of on us as what happens uh, after that. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles, kind of like the, you know, the wily coyote, the trickery, all the little traps and things that uh, he set. He says, put on the whole armor of God so you're going to be able to stand against that kind of stuff. It says, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. He's saying this fight that you're in, it's not like this fight of flesh and blood. It's not like, you know, punch your neighbor out. Uh, but it's also, he, he describes who our enemy is. He says your enemy is all these things, these principalities, these powers, and you're like, well, what are those? Basically what they describe, those, we use those words, principalities, powers. The literal translation, all they're saying is it's the leaders, it's the authorities, it's, it's of the demonic realm, and it's just plain wickedness. That's what we're fighting against. That you, the battle you're against is against the spiritual things. Uh, everything, everything you can see, right behind everything you can see, there's a spirit realm of stuff you can't see. And today's not like, you know, the Blair Witch Project where it's like a witch hunt and we're like, oh, you know, we're going to find them. Oh, uh, I, you know, I perceive that behind that speaker, it's a little loud this morning, there must be a demon in it, you know. Uh, we're going to go figure that out. It, it's not that kind of thing. But there's definitely demonic stuff that happens uh, around us. And those things are attacking your life. They're assigned to your life. Just in the same way that, that Jesus being, being spirit, but through his Holy Spirit in our lives, there's evil spirits that work around us. You're like, whoa, you know, this, is, this is heavy stuff. I told you we were growing up a little today. Uh, there's, there's this heavy, heavier stuff. But 
the thing is Paul's saying to him, hey, look out. This is who your fight is against. In, um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it talks about it a little bit, a little bit better because it says, how do you fight these things? You know, how do you fight something you can't see? It's like, did I get them? You don't know. How do you, how do you know what's actually happening? 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 10 says it this way. It says in verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. We don't fight according to the flesh, even though we're, we are. It says, For the weapons of our warfare, they're not fleshly, but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Pulling down strongholds. We'll find out what that is. Casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. He says here, the weapons that we, we're about to talk about, he shares in this other passage, this is what they're for. This is what you're fighting against. You're fighting against strongholds, which are reasonings and arguments and opinions. Where do they happen? In your mind. It says we're talking about every high thing that sets itself against the knowledge of God. Where does knowledge happen? In your mind. It says taking every thought captive. Where do thoughts happen? In your mind. See, the thing is, the enemy's he's just, it, it can be so subtle. He just drops a simple little thought into your mind, and it, it causes you to to become distracted. It causes you to go down a certain path, and that battle's happening right now. Right now in your minds, there's all kinds of things going on saying, hey, you know, I should, should check this out, watch that. Oh, there went my kid. Okay, you know, uh, there's, there's all kinds of things that are going to be happening, but I want to challenge you right now that this battle is in your mind and it's in your mouth. Hey, bud. Are you able to, to hang out here and, and listen? Otherwise, it might be cool if you hang out at the back there. Do you want to play back there? Do you want to play with Grant in Dakota? <laughs> cool. Have fun, buddy. Normally, well, you know what normally is like, but I, I, wanna, I don't want you to miss anything this morning. I really don't. I, sometimes there's things that I feel like, hey, you have to, you can't miss this. Life is, is so, so important that any, uh, any kind of thing, you know, I just believe that distraction will try and get you anyway. But I, I want to encourage you this morning to just be vigilant and realize, hey, that, that battle's happening right now. Right now. And Paul's telling the church the same thing in Ephesians. He says, hey, put on the whole armor of God so that you're going to be able to stand against these things because there's a battle going on and are you ready for a fight? Because if you're not ready, you get owned. In verse um, 13 and 14, it says, it just says, having done all the stand, stand. Put on the whole armor of God. Put it all on and then once you're there, stand. Don't get, uh, don't get bogged down uh, by thinking you've got to go advance or that whatever, you've got to go and take ground. It's just saying, hey, hey, stand. It's a defensive posture. It's this thing of saying, you know what, no matter what comes against me, I'm going to stand here. I, I, I'm going to have armor on, and I'm going to fight these battles. And we just talked about the fact that it's not a physical fight, so it's not physical armor. We're not handing out swords and spears and shields at the end today. You know, you might think, oh, no, that'd be cool, but it's, it's not, it doesn't work that way. But it is, uh, it is a battle. If we know that the battle is against the thoughts, it comes in thoughts and it's in our mind and it's in what we say, then there's, a, there's an understanding of what uh, the rest of this scripture talks about. He says, 
he says that take on the full armor of God. And Paul's pretty cool here. He says, I'm going to paint a picture for you of what it kind of looks like in the natural. He says, here's the belt of truth, you know, the sword of the spirit, the shoes of, of the gospel of peace. So he gives you this picture. But the thing is, that's, it, it's just a picture of what those things actually are. And a lot of times we get so focused on, on the, the items that we forget what they actually are. So we can talk about being, being ready and, and yet in the end we still aren't because we, we don't disassociate the things. So what I want to talk to you about this, the, this morning is, is what it actually is. He says, he, well, here, he just says it this way. He says, stand therefore having girded your waist with truth, having a belt of truth. But, I, you know, forget the belt part. Just think about truth. Taking thoughts captive, which we just looked at, to truth. That there's, there's thoughts that are happening all around you. you. You know, you can't believe everything that you hear. You can't believe most of what you hear, actually. Because uh, it, people are bringing stuff. They'll tell you stuff. It sounds really right. It sounds really true. But, but it has nothing to do with what God uh, has said in His Word. It doesn't line up with Him. It doesn't line up with what He says. And yet, you say, oh, it sounds pretty spiritual, so I'm going to believe that. Truth is there to say, no, no, hey, this is, this is what really is true. You, you can't believe even half the things you think. Because we just learned that the enemy's going to toss thoughts in there to, to try and distract or, or wreck you. So Paul's saying, hey, have some truth in your life. Something that sorts out what thoughts you're going to think and which ones you're not. Yeah, I'm going to think that. Yeah, no, 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 no. That, no, that's not, that doesn't sound like him. That's not it. And it's saying, you know, taking, taking those thoughts captive. Anybody ever watch Cops? Well, you know, and they sing a song, bad boys, bad boys. What you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? And they always, I mean, it's never like, Hey, you're under arrest. Okay, take me. You know, it's just good. No, those things, they start running away. Those guys take off. They're jumping fences. It's always like the thing of they got to beat those guys down and handcuff them and then drag them off to the vehicle. It's like that. Sometimes those thoughts, it's like persistent. You ever have that where you get persistent thoughts in your mind? One temptation that just keeps coming back and keeps coming back and keeps coming back. Like, I thought I dealt with you already. Yeah, welcome to the fight. It keeps, you keep fighting these things because it keeps happening. And uh, he says, you know what, you take those things, bad thoughts, bad thoughts, what you going to do? What you going to do when I come for you? You know, instead of having them always coming after you, it's, you know, t- talking about like, things like worry and fear. Some of you worry way too much, way too much. It isn't healthy. Worry and fear, fear, the, the acronym is false evidence appearing real. Some, some of you just hear, it, all they believe is the worst case scenario all the time. Because the enemy's throwing that in your mind. It's like this, this thing of, oh, the worst, the worst is going to happen. talks about it in the Bible, you know. A, they, they, these people that live by Murphy's Law, even though they're not Murphy's. You know, they, they, <laughs> if, it, if it can go wrong, it probably will. Uh, Proverbs 22, the lazy man says, you know what, I'm not going to work today because if I go to work, a lion might eat me in the streets. Well, he's making it up in his head. No lion's going to eat him. He just don't want to go to work. But he thinks it's going to happen. You know, in Proverbs 28, verse 1, it says, fools run when nothing's chasing them. They've imagined it in their mind. It says the righteous are bold as a lion. But we can have that. We can imagine the worst kind of things happening that, uh, you know, that, that as, as the f- flu goes around, you know, you've caught it before, before it even gets anywhere near your family. Like, oh, man, I know, I know I'm going to get it. You know, I know, I know swine flu, bird flu, pig flu, whatever, you know, pig bat flu. I'm, I'm getting it. I know it, you know. The, my, my, uh, the uh, things that happen just going around, it's this worry of, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to be able to sell those houses, I'm not going to be able to, and then, you know, and if I don't sell those houses, then, then, uh, you know, I, I won't be able to buy Debbie new clothes, and, you know, and, and if Debbie doesn't have new clothes, then she gets mad at me, you know, and it's, when she's mad at me, then I sleep in the doghouse, if I sleep in the doghouse, I got to kick the dog out, 
Who's going to feed the dog? Where my dog might run away? And it's just like your mind goes, it's, I'm not saying he does, but I'm saying the mind just goes and runs down this, this road because it, it, it's, and all it started was with one thought. What if I don't sell those houses? I'm telling you, he says, be ready. Are you ready for that fight? If you're worrying all the time, you're missing some armor in your life. You're missing truth. Like, oh, I don't know. I put on my belt this morning. But saying put in truth into your life. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, hey, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, think on these things. So he's already telling you, find things that are pure, find things that are noble, find things that are true, and think on those things. It's like, it's like being in a train station. It's like going to, to the train station, looking at these trains of thought that go somewhere and saying, hey, you know, I'm not taking that train. I know it leads to Madville. I'm not taking that train. It leads to Depressionville. You know, I'm not taking that. You know, that train leads to Sad City. No, I'm not taking any of those. I'm going to take a, a, take a train of thought that's going to take me to what he says about my life and where, where he wants me to go. It's, I can choose to focus what I'm gonna, uh, on what I'm going to think. I can choose to get on a train of thought that takes me somewhere. You see, because there's so many things that, that thoughts that come into your head saying, you know, I can't go on anymore. I, I can't do anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I can't beat this addiction. I can't face that temptation. I can't win. All those thoughts run through our minds, but truth says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Truth. Weighs that out. Greater is he that's inside of me than he that's in the world. True. My God can do exceedingly abundantly above all uh, uh, according to the power that works in me. True. But what do we really believe? Because are you ready for that kind of fight? Our thoughts can wreck you. You know, you ever get into those spots where you think, man, I'm no good. I'm a failure. You know, God must not love me. How can I let him down again? You know, it's, I'm telling you, it's time for some armor. There's a breastplate of righteousness the Bible talks about. Saying righteousness, you put that on. It's not saying, hey, I put on some, some thing or some whatever. It's what you've put on in your mind and what you put on in your mouth. I'm not perfect. I know that, but I'm righteous. Why? Because of what he said. It's like the flies in my office. I, I, it, I don't know how they get in there, but they're always there. And, and every time I'm working, they fly, and they just land where you can't reach them, you know? And, 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 and they bug you. And, and then you swat them away, and they're gone. You're like, okay, but then they come back, and they land on you. You can't, you can't get them. Condemnation the same way. It just comes in and drops on you in those most inopportune times. You're like, oh, you know, I feel, you feel rotten about yourself. But you're his kid. You are his child. There's never a reason for you to feel rotten about yourself unless somebody's putting that thought in your life. It's not him. It's not you. You don't walk around deciding to feel terrible about yourself. We're not made that way. But he throws those things in, and, and we buy into them, and we get locked up because we would realize what? We don't realize that we're righteous, not because of us, but because of him. It says that, that we be, he became sin for me so that I become righteous in him. And it's, it's saying, you know what? Hey, shoe combination, you bother me. You know, go bug someone else. Go find, you know, go bug Trav. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, done with, I'm done with this because it's not who I am. I know who I am. And a lot of times it just takes some, something in the inside. saying, I'm going to rise. I'm going to fight this fight. I'm not taking this anymore. I'm going to get up. I know who I am. I know whose I am. And I'm going I'm to set things in order in my thought life. I've got some armor on. I'm ready for this fight. You know, it's, and it's, it's a daily, daily thing. Having shoes of peace. It's not shoes, but it's a peace that you declare in your mind. You might be going through all kinds of stuff. Everything that possibly can get around you, it's going on. It's saying, you know what? I I know that I can cast all my cares on him. So we talked about that uh, perfect peace will will guard the mind that stayed on him. Saying, there's everything that's tracking my attention right now, but I'm going to put my mind on him and and declaring peace in your life. That's getting armor on. It says, above all, take the shield of faith. 
It's not, not taking a shield, but taking faith. And above all, have some faith in your life. Call on things that are not as though they were. That's what faith was. Saying, man, I don't see it yet here, but I see it here. And I focus on that. I know I'm getting there. I'm confident of what I'm hoping for, that I'm going to see that happen. Assurance of what we can see that we haven't seen yet. What are you believing God for? Are you in a fight where you believe in God for something? Because, you know, a lot of times our lives are so easy. It's almost like in North America, we barely need Him. We have jobs so we can put food on our table. We've got vehicles so we have independence. We've got, you know, uh, homes that we live in. We have very little that we say, God, I need you every day where He says the Lord's Prayer. Talking about, God, give me today my daily bread. We almost don't need to pray that prayer. So that dependence on Him is disjointed at best. But are we bringing ourselves into the place where we're saying, God, okay, if, if I've already got that, well, then whose needs can I meet? Not just to meet my own, but God, with, how, many, how many kids in Africa can I help? How many, how many kids in, a, in another, uh, other countries can I rescue from the slave trade? God, what can I do that, I, that can be more than what, than what I'm blessed for a reason? But we, just like, we like to be in that comfort zone. But he's saying, you know what? If you're not fighting, you're missing out on something. We've got an incredible privilege of being in this country and knowing what we know to fight that fight and say, God, it's, I, I want to believe you for great things. I know some of you are, and I love talking to you. I love that. It's like that Benea-type spirit that says, I'm to believe God for more. I'm going to believe God that, you know what, not just my family's going to know him, but people around me are going to know him. I, I remember looking back, way back at some uh, things we shared uh, when this church first started, and I said, you know what I believe? I believe this place is going to be filled multiple times. It was 50 people sitting here. I believe this place is going to be filled multiple times over. You know what? I still believe it. We're starting Saturday night services pretty soon just to give another opportunity to create space where people can come and meet Jesus and see their lives affected and changed for good. I believe it. I, I'm not believing for like revival where there's this thing of saying, hey, we're going to have this few nights where there's going to be great, you know, parties happen. I believe that in the day-to-day, that every day there's life being affected, that Jasmine prayer trusting Jesus and having it answered that's building confidence in her to share with her friend that that's saying God I trust you because I don't know what I'm going to do I got homes that if they don't sell I don't know what I'm going to do but walking that out and trusting it speaking it out and seeing it happen having some faith it quiets those darts of the enemy the lies that try and come into your life are you ready for that fight or you believe in lies today a bunch of the other things I we don't have time this morning but having salvation says it covers your mind it's just not, it's, it's all it's talking about is saying I'm not having a, just a world view that just is about here. That I live for something more than here. That I know that, that everything about here is for, is for more than this. I'm not here to seek fame, recognition, you know, the gold, the glory, the girls, whatever it is that this, this life has to offer. I, I believe I'm here for something more than that. And I believe Paul would say the same thing to us as he would have said to, to the Ephesian church and said to Timothy back then, are you ready for a fight? Because you're in it. Are, are you ready to take up the whole armor of God? Are you ready to put some truth into your life? To, to live by faith? To have those thoughts of, of eternity directing the decisions that you're making every day? Because the enemy's fighting. Just talks about the very last thing. Probably the most, I don't say the most important, but it's, it gives you all the other stuff. That sword of the Spirit, the word of truth. Spending just time studying and learning and saying, God, I want to know. I, you know what? If it's worry that you're dealing with, 
that you start looking in here and going through a concordance or Googling verses on fear, and you start putting those things in your life. You know what, God, you've not given me a spirit of fear, but a love, power, sound mind. I believe that for my life today. God, I know that you've not given me a spirit of fear, so it's not from you, but I, I, I just embrace your love. I embrace your power. I embrace your sound mind. I will not worry. I will be anxious for nothing. I will cast those cares on you today. God, I thank you that I can walk out in peace, peace that passes understanding. It doesn't even make sense to me, but you said I can have it. I thank you that I can have the mind of Christ, that I can think your thoughts, that I can see people your way. And you start to live and walk that out differently. Guess what? Worry's got really nowhere to go. Why? Because you're fighting. But so many people sit there and just let him have the, let the enemy have his way. Says he's going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I was googling YouTube stuff on that. I was going to show the clips, but I just couldn't. They're crazy. These these lions, you know, who do they take out? They take out the weak. They take out the ones on the outside. They take out the ones who are allowing, you know, who 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 are in a spot of being destroyed. I want you to take a quick look around. Notice who's here. Do it. Take a quick look around. Notice who's here. I want you to take a quick look around. Notice who's not. Who's not here? Who do you see there's an empty chair? Who do you see that might be missing? Who do you see that could, could maybe, you know, use some encouragement to say, hey, you know what, I was thinking about you this week. Didn't see you Sunday. You all right? Things going okay? Because guess what we learned? You know, we, we're, we're in a fight. Maybe, maybe you're in one. I just want to encourage you to do the same thing and bring truth into their life. Bring God's opinion into their life. Bring faith into their life. Because you know what, that's how a body works. One part supplies the other with those kind of things. I leave with, you know, close with this story. There's a, a story of Joshua in, in, the, in the Bible. He's fighting this um, group of people from Amalek, the Amalekites. And they're fighting. And, and Moses says to Joshua, he says, go get some of the great men and just go out there and fight this fight. He says, I'm going up on the hill and I'm going to hold up my rod. And, as long, you know, I'm, I'm, and it just says the rod of God, that staff that he had, I'm going to hold that up in the air for you guys. And uh, you fight. Well, Moses goes up on the hill and he holds up the staff and as he's holding it up, he realizes and he watches it. It says, the Bible says that Joshua's winning the battle. And then Moses gets a little tired and he lowers his hands down and then all of a sudden Joshua's losing the battle. He's like, whoa, you know, <laughs> okay then. And they're winning. And they're winning. He gets tired and he lowers it. You know, it's such a picture of just saying, you know what, I'm gonna, I might not be in the fight with you, but I'm going to be on the hill for you. I might not be in the fight, you know, fighting this battle the same one you're going through. My marriage might be great. So I'm going to get on the hill and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to hold, the, I'm going to hold you up before him. I'm going to be finding out and praying for you. That's we, why we let all those requests be mentioned. So that some would say, hey, I'm going to take up the staff. I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to keep that lifted up. Well, guess what? Moses had the same thing. That even in that spot where he was fighting a battle for, for Joshua, that he would get tired. He says there was two guys, Aaron and Hur, who came and they, they, they held up his arms so he didn't even have to hold up his arms anymore. And a great victory was won that day. I believe for great victories in your life. I, I do. I, I've seen him even in my, in my own life how negativity and that, that kind of stuff has just been seeping in over time where I got to a place and I shared it with our board that I'm, I, I was in a pretty rough spot as far as vision and direction and seeing you know, where, where God can continue to take us because I started focusing on the small things, focusing on the things that weren't going right, focusing on curdles in the cream, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, oh! Those kind of, and realizing that there's so much more and believing again for victory and saying, you know what? I had to start fighting. 
saying, no, I take those negative thoughts captive. That's not who we are. That I'll believe for great things because I have a great God. That I'll expect that God can do exceedingly abundantly more than I could have ever dreamed in this place. That Saturday nights may not be enough because we just believe that He's going to do stuff. That it's not about how many people get here, but those individual lives being incredibly changed. And getting on the hill and saying, God, I'm praying for our church. I'm praying for strength for them today. I'm praying that the marriages that are on the brink of extinction can be restored. I'm praying for those things. Would you grab onto that as well and say, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm not in that spot, but I'm, I'm ready for a fight. And growing through and saying, I'm going to find my sword. I'm going to find Scripture. I'm going to find God, your thoughts. And I'm going to put those into my life. I'm going to put those into other people's lives. As we grow as a church, we grow. We get stronger. But I want to just leave you with that. The same thing that Paul said. Are you ready for a fight? 